Okay. Ready? We'll do. A, let's do one, two, three, four, five, and then clap on six. Okay. But do. But you got to do the ands. One and two and three and four. That. Yes. And then we'll clap five and and clap on six. Yep. Okay. Here we go. Ready? Mm-hmm. All right. Together, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Nope. Here we go. Okay. One and two and three and four and five and. Oh, I forgot to clap. God damn it, really? Hey, everybody. Welcome to I'm Okay, You're Okay. I'm not okay. You're not okay. With me, Bob Schneider, and your other host, Clint Wells. You're welcome. Well, here we are, back again at I'm Okay, You're Okay, I'm Not Okay, You're Not Okay headquarters. How are you doing, Bob? I'm not okay, dude. I'm telling you, I took this trip to fucking... Uh, New Mexico, and I don't know what I did. I mean, I drove the Sprinter, I don't know, 12 hours straight to uh, Red River, New Mexico, which is, I guess, at like almost 9,000 feet. Mm -hmm. And then the next day I drove it to Lubbock, and then the next day I drove it back to Austin, and something happened on that trip that fucked me up hard. (laughs) And I don't know what it is. Like, my hearing's fucked uh, my my spine was messed up. Like I don't know what happened, dude. But I'm not like fully, and that was two weeks ago, and I'm not fully like healed yet. Like my hearing's weird. What do you mean? Like what's weird about your hearing? Like it just when I got back, like I got this really bad tinnitus, and then it's like the middle, like the mid range of my hearing is like completely off man that's really scary it's super scary so i went to the doctor like got a full physical got my ears checked everything and they're like yeah everything looks fine it's probably just sinuses or something and i'm like what anyways i'm just i've never it's weird i've i haven't you know i'm like 53 i've never really had any major health issues never really had any major like hearing damage, even though I'm, I mean, I have a little bit of hearing damage, but like up until now it's been pretty minimal. And now it's like, like literally I feel like I'm listening to like slightly better than an AM radio right now. No matter, See, here's the no other thing what too. You- well, here's the other thing. Like I'm listening to you on your, cause I don't know if people know this or not, but we're not obviously, well, it's not obvious cause the audio is sweet on this podcast, but, but we're actually not in the same room. You're in Nashville. I'm in Austin. We're talking to each other over the phone. Then we're marrying these this audio together. But when I'm listening to you, I don't know if the quality, the audio quality, is because my hearing's fucked, or it's because you know it's just a weird connection because you're on your phone. But what about when you listen to something that's not this? What, what if you put a record on or listen to your headphones, whatever? Well, first of all, I don't put on records. Second of all, I don't talk to anybody. I mean, it sounds like you get, you kind of get used to how you sound. And it's only when I hear something like an, you know, like a telephone call or something weird, or I'm listening to a, a weird demo in my, in my car or something. Or yesterday, I went to a Cowboys game at AT&T Stadium where there was 100,000 people. And it was 100 dB. And it sounded like I was listening to it through a walkie-talkie, dude. It was fucked up. Wow. I know, dude. I'm... So yeah, 
I put me squarely in the I'm not okay category. Well, I this can week. I can kind of relate. It's weird how this is sort of tied to you, but there was one year that I went to Austin to do like a week of South by type shows with you, and I I was actually staying. I was house sitting for a friend of ours, and my right ear. I don't know if you remember this. My right ear just quit working. I couldn't hear anything out of my right ear, like zero input into my right ear, and. It just scared me to death. Well, first of all, it just made everything really sort of like it discombobulated me because we were playing loud shows all week. And I ended up going to an ENT in Austin and they carved about 17 pounds of earwax out of that ear. And that's all that ended up being. But God damn it. For like, you know, I did the typical men thing where for the first four days I was like, maybe it'll just stop not working. <laughs> you know, like maybe it'll just go away. And it uh, didn't. But for a musician, that's really scary. And it's good that you went to the doctor. If they're saying it's just sinuses or, you know, the, the, the allergy situation in Austin is not great. Right. But, well, the, I thought it was the earwax thing, too. So I went back to the doctor, and I was like, well, get this earwax out. And they did. And they're like, oh, yeah, we got a lot out. And I'm like, well, it's still not good. So I don't know, man. Hmm. I don't know. Well, what were you what were you doing on that trip? Were you going did you just go to six tool shows in a row? No. What the hell did you do out there? I mean, well, we drove the Sprinter. The Sprint is real like bouncy mm-hmm. and uh the seats are kind of they don't have a lot of give. So I think I really I did do some kind of thing with the like, I don't know, just the vibrations maybe fucked me up a little bit. And then the altitude, like it had something to do with the altitude and then Allergies, sinuses, blah, blah, blah. It was just like a confluence of a bunch of shit. Yeah. I'm just, I don't know, man. I'm just freaking out. But hopefully I'll get better soon. (laughs) I'm sure you'll be fine. I don't know. Plus, I've had a bunch of shows. And when you're doing shows and you're not 100%. So check this out. So I, I go to New Mexico. And in New Mexico, I had no problems. The next night in Lubbock, I take a nap right before the show. And I wake up with this headache. And I never get headaches. And uh, and I and I tell Jay about it. I'm like, hey man, I I woke up and I'm not really rested, and I've got this weird headache. And he's like, oh yeah, whatever. <laughs> and then I get on stage, and the headache starts getting so bad that I'm like, I might be having like an aneurysm or a stroke or a migraine. I've never had a migraine, and it just was. I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna make it through the show. This could be the show where I die. It was fucked up, dude. And it was an amazing show because I was like, well, if this is my last show, I better make it a good one. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it ended up being a pretty good show. But I mean, I got back to the hotel and for hours I couldn't get to sleep because the pain was so bad. Wow. So I don't know, man. I don't know what happened. I, uh, like I said, I've been to, uh, I've been to the doctor a couple of times, got a full physical, got all everything checked. But uh, I don't know, man. And then my wife's always like, oh, you're just getting old. I'm like, fuck you, getting old. It's one thing to get old over a gradual period of time. It's another thing for your whole fucking shit to go out overnight. Yeah. That's where you're like, I don't mind the slow, gradual decline. Right. But when it's all, you know, over the course of a couple days, fuck it's that. Fine. It's fine when you're like, you know what? I just realized I haven't had an erection in two months. Hmm. Interesting. That's different than uh, <laughs> that's different. speaking. Of, speaking of erections, I did this show in Temple on Saturday, mm-hmm. and uh, the reason I did it is because Sean Mullins, I guess, got sick or something and canceled like three or four shows, 
And uh, so they called me. They're like, hey, you know, you're close by. Are you free on Saturday to come fill in and do this show? And I'm like, yeah, I happen to have the night off. So I went down there and played the show. And uh, you know me, I was just having some fun. And uh, and I made a joke about Sean Mullins. I don't know. Let's Let's listen to it. All right, so we have the audio here of the joke in question. I have not heard this yet, but we're going to listen real quick, and then we're going to, I guess, to talk about it. Hopefully it's uh, some juicy shit here. Until I met a girl at a discotheque. <laughs> that was, that was, I was going to go seg into some Sean Mullins there. Until I met a girl at a discotheque. She was a dancer, but not what you'd expect. I have no idea if that even sounds like him. But literally, I was like... About 30 seconds before I came on stage, I was like, I should try to figure out what he sounds like so that if I try to do a Sean Mullins impression, it will sound like him and not just some random person. And then as soon as I did, I was like, I don't think that's how he sounds. I know it's like low like that, but I don't think that's the way he sounds. Lullaby. I don't know. I don't know. He's here's the problem. He's probably going to die. And then all these jokes will be like, "That was real cool, Bob, joking about this dude," because he died. I'm like, "Oh, sorry, shouldn't have said those jokes." But then if he lives, I'll be like, "Yeah, fuck." Uh, so, anyways, yeah. So, so I say that, and of course I'm joking about it. You know, I don't know what kind of shape Sean Mullins is in. I'm assuming he's going to be fine. You know, I'm sure he's got like allergies or something. I don't know. Well, it sounded like it sounded like a classic Bob Schneider joke to me. You know? Yeah, I'm just joking around. I'm I'm not being serious. I'm joking around. So, anyways, so for for whatever reason, they decided to have an intermission during this show. Uh, I knew about it beforehand. So, and I knew I had to leave right after the show. So I went out during intermission to say hi to people, sign stuff, take pictures, do all that stuff. So while I'm out there, I this lady comes up to me and she's like, "Hey, I just want you to know." that some of those jokes you were saying didn't go over well. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And she's like, that shit about Sean Mullins dying? My friend like got really upset. Like, you can't be joking about Sean Mullins dying. I'm like, she's like, she, she like wanted her money back. And she was, you know, going to leave. And I'm like, oh, did she get her money back? And she was like, yeah, she did. I'm like, oh, well, then things worked out great. Let's send her on her way and get her the fuck out of here. You know, give her her money back so she doesn't lose any money. And then she'll just be able to deal with this over the course of the rest of her fucking life, <laughs> which hopefully will be short. And uh, so, so, and I'm like, how, and how, then I'm like, to this lady, I'm like, how did you feel about the rest of the show? And she's like, oh, it was okay, except for a couple songs. And I'm like, what, what songs are you talking about? And she's like, well, there was that one song where you talk about like your breath on my neck is like meth. I'm like, what's wrong with that song? And she's like, well, there's the part about shitting in your mouth. And I'm like, what? What are you talking about? And she's like, well, you know, your breath on my neck and then you're shitting in my mouth. And I'm like, the lyrics are your breath on my neck. It's like meth. I'd sell my shit. And your mouth is so blue. All I do is think about you. And she thought I was saying... Your breath on my neck, it's like meth. I'd sell my shit in your mouth. <laughs> so she misheard me. What a conversation, me. Jesus. Well, here's the thing. She misheard me, 
And now she's getting mad at me because she misheard what I was saying. So what did she do when you when you corrected her? Did she double down or what, what happened? She's like, yeah, I don't like that song. I'm like, you misheard it and now you fucked the song up for me. Because now every time I sing it, I'm going to be thinking about your weird hearing of that shit. Right. Oh my God. I was just... and. I will say this, she was nice. I got out of that situation. She seemed to be having a good time. She stayed for the rest of the show. Now I'm starting to head backstage. All of a sudden, this crazy, crying lady comes up to me. She's like, hey, I just want you to know that when you were saying that Sean Mullins was going to die, and she's like freaking the fuck out. And I'm like, hey, lady, I don't know anything about Sean Mullins. I am really sorry that I hurt your feelings. I was joking. I was obviously joking. I was not being serious. I don't know anything about Sean. Well, you need to apologize. I'm like, okay, I'll apologize. You need to apologize to Sean Mullins. (laughs) And I'm like, what are you talking about, you crazy, crazy lady? And there are all these people standing around looking at me like, we're really sorry this is happening to you. And I'm like... Oh, my God. And she storms off. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? So now, let's do this. So, I and dude, I, 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 you know me. Dude, I'm a sensitive person. Yeah. So now, this happens right before I go on for my second set. Now, I do my whole set. And, of course, the entire time I'm doing my second set, I'm thinking about this lady who's so upset. And it's driving me kind of crazy because uh, I don't want to upset anybody. Um, but it's also upsetting to me because I'm like, oh, this is the world we live in where you, you make a joke and then people are going to be this crazed about it. So anyways, so I did what I normally don't ever do, which is I uh, decided to... Uh, talk about it on stage, which I don't like to do. So let's listen to what I said after that on stage. You ready? Okay. Hey, I do want to thank everybody for coming out tonight. It's been a real treat hanging out here. Uh, uh, I, I'm, suffice it to say, I just talked to some folks uh, backstage. Sean Mullins, is, he's going to pull through. So uh, it's going to be good. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Sean Mullins, and uh, I've met him a few times. He's a super nice guy, so I'm glad he's going to be okay. And... Uh, Hey, um, uh, I, I talked to somebody in between the sets, and they were a little uh, upset by uh, what I was saying. But I just want you to know that it was—I meant it as a joke. I wasn't being absolutely serious. So uh, sorry if that happened. And uh, I know that a lot of you guys were looking forward to seeing him. And uh, instead, you got a much better show with me. So uh, you know, it worked out fine. You know. It's like you show up at a swingers party and you're expecting some medium-sized dick and then all of a sudden I walk in and you're like, I'll take that big dick, thank you. (laughs) I'm joking, god damn it. Come on, people. Sean Mullen's dick is slightly bigger than mine. We've compared them. It's also, it's, he takes good care of his dick. I, I treat mine like a goddamn... I don't give my dick any respect at all. 
And you can tell that Sean like really takes care of his dick. Like he really does. Like I'm like, wow, man, what, what have you been doing with that dick? It's so, it's like in pristine condition. Mine looks like a, like a fucking, like the before on Fixer Upper. <laughs> like I keep waiting for the, uh, the gains to show up and then uh, part the curtain and go, here's your new dick, Bob. Uh, it looks, uh, looks like Sean Mullen's dick now. So yeah, so there was my, uh, I wasn't going to say anything more about Sean Mullins, but then I just couldn't help myself. So uh, yeah, so that's the way it ended up. Okay, well, this has been fun for me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, all right then. How are you doing? Uh, I'm not great either. I think I'm severely depressed, and uh, uh, you know, I just came off a 10-day run, and it was tough, tougher than usual. So I'm glad to be home. But unfortunately, my kids started fall break this week. So I was gone for tw- 10 days while she was home. Then she went to relatives all this week. So I'm not going to see her. And then I'm out for another seven days next week. So I just feel like I'm never going to see my kid again. Ugh, that's the worst. Which is not helping my horrible <laughs> feeling. The good news is no. this week, this week it's just my wife and I at home. And I've got four or five days before I need to leave again. So we're going to have a rare... We have a rare opportunity to, you know, stay up late together and go to a movie and sort of have some dates, which we we both need. So we're going to make the best of it. Are you going to go see Joker? Uh, I don't know if that's a date movie. I think I'm going to wait for that. There's a lot of this controversy about it that's really boring to me. And of course, Scorsese got involved this week, which I thought was super funny. Uh, did you see Scorsese's comments? No. He was just weighing in on Marvel movies in general, and it's he's really upset a lot of these Marvel fanboys where he said, uh, to summarize, everyone can find this out on the internet, but he said he's tried to watch the movies, he's tried to give them a shot, and that although they're well-made, uh, he doesn't consider it cinema. And people are just really upset about, about that. Of course, you know, as I've said on, this poc- on the podcast before, and to you in private, I completely agree with him. I think it's... It's uh, it's disposable entertainment, which is totally fine. Um, but it's not really what I am drawn to movies for, you know? Like, some of my favorite movies aren't necessarily 90 minutes of pure entertainment. They tell stories that resonate with me and, and shock and surprise me and make me feel good and bad. And that's kind of what I go for. Um, the Joker, I'm told, is like, you know, have you seen it yet? It's like this rated R. It's basically being compared as a ripoff of, ta- speaking of Scorsese, of Taxi Driver and The King of Comedy. Um, so it's interesting to me, but I still haven't seen it. I might wait for the video, VOD. It looks it looks horrible to me. I, I mean, the, the trailer looks so bad. Yeah. But um, I've heard... I've heard both. I've, uh, a friend of mine watched it and loved it, and mm-hmm. then somebody else saw it and didn't like it at all. So it's crazy how different the uh, opinions were. That kind of leads me to that kind of leads me to think I might like it. If it, movies that are polarizing tend to be that start conversations like this tend to be pretty good. You know, they tend to actually have substance and have something to say. I find it interesting that Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, the difference between the audience and the critics can get so uh, it can be so different. Uh, 
like a Rambo Last Blood, like the critics, like gave it like a 20 and the audience gave it like a 90 or something like that. And then you get the same thing with like Ad Astro, which got like a upper 80s or maybe a 90. And then the audience was like 40. Yeah, it seems like some movies, uh, critics have decided they want to get it over the finish line critically and the audiences just couldn't give a fuck and then some movies audiences are like they just love it and the critics for whatever reason want to poo-poo it it's hard to make you are more of a a ratings guy than me i tend to i tend i I read ratings and i read reviews but i tend to sort of take an aggregate of all that and ultimately i know kind of intuitively if i want to see something or not you know what i mean like the trailer does look bad but i like the idea of taking the Joker and making it about a dude that's mentally unhealthy and like making it real and gritty in that way. But then again, I read this really interesting review that said that when these movies try to, they try to masquerade as real cinema to kind of go along the snobbier line of Scorsese, they, they always pretend to be other movies. So, you know, a lot of people are saying this movie is basically taxi driver without really what was deeply psychologically kinetic about taxi driver it's just taxi driver but is the joker you know what i mean like have you seen king of comedy or taxi driver recently i have seen taxi driver recently i haven't seen king of comedy in probably 20 years i didn't like it really much when it came out yeah it got bad reviews people don't really like people didn't really like a lot of the 80s scorsese stuff but i watched it about a year ago for the first time and because it's one of the ones that's always under the radar on his filmography but fuck man it blew me away it's crazy that's a crazy movie, dude. Super scary. Yeah, I mean, I know what it's about. I've seen it. I just haven't seen it recently. Um, Taxi Driver seems to hold up pretty good. I think yep. that was another one that I didn't like much when I first saw it when I was younger. And I like it more and more. Yeah, uh, Kind of like The Shining. I didn't really like The Shining when I saw it. I saw that in the theater, and, and it was uh, pretty shitty. Or I, I didn't like it. But now... I kind of like it just because of the performances. You it's know? amazing. Yeah, well, and, and the shots. I mean, I know that the opening shot of the shine, it kind of bothered you because you could see the airplane or the helicopter or whatever. But the, my point, too, like t- you're saying you kind of don't like it or kind of like it. Like it ta- a movie like Taxi Driver, you're not really supposed to walk away going, I liked that. You know what I mean? It's like the experience of that isn't about liking it the way that, you you know, the filmmakers who made, the, the, you know, the corporations behind Black Panther – definitely want you coming out being like, I liked it and I learned something about, you know what I mean? Like they, they racially charged it and they it, it kind of ties into this Sean Mullen shit where these kinds of movies now are super catered towards sensitive fanboy butthurt people and everything's got to be uplifting and make you feel good and unify everybody. Whereas it seems like the grittier stuff that Scorsese was doing with Mean Streets and Taxi Driver, what the Joker might be trying to do, is just sort of peel back a layer of like mental unwellness. And I mean, King of Comedy is De Niro is a psychopath who wants to be on television. So he kidnaps Jerry Lewis, who's playing like the, you know, the world's most popular talk show host. It's super disturbing, you know, a movie that would probably never really get made today. Those movies are just gone, dude. You know, well, well, I guess we'll have to watch it and then we can comment on it yeah. afterwards. I do. I do love the idea. I love the idea of superhero movies where they're not doing superhero stuff. Right. Like I, in my songwriting, I use a lot of superheroes and not just superheroes, but even people like, you know, religious figures and stuff like that, or just people from history. And I, I, I use them in my songs, but I put them in sort of mundane sort of 
situations. And I, I find that to be really fun mm -hmm. to do. And like, I would love to see more movies where it's like about Superman, but like, you know, just like kind of his domestic situation and like all the problems that being a superhero, kind of like the Incredibles, like the Incredibles is so good because it kind of focuses on the family dynamics and not necessarily, and I mean, obviously they do, they do all the superhero shit too, but the stuff that's the best about the Incredibles is just the interaction between the family. Absolutely. Members. I couldn't agree more. I mean, whoever, whoever came up with that shit really, it's like, it's like the, one of the first things I've seen was like, this is fresh, man. This is like a different take on this stuff. Uh, I like the Wreck-It Ralph stuff too. I feel like that feels different to me. Right, the same way that Up did. Also, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of cool stuff happening in kids' films. I think. Yeah, well, I mean, that's all Pixar. Pixar's, you know, the kings of great right. stories for adults that also appeal to children. Right. Really. Yeah, I agree. I wish we lived in the same town. We could go see the Joker together. That'd be fun. I mean, I want to see it. I just don't know if it's worth a the theater experience. I'm definitely. I mean, I wanted to see it today, and if we weren't doing this podcast, I would gone to see it today um i'll probably see it tomorrow i've been wanting to see it well it, it it i mean it broke records i think it's like the fourth highest r movie uh uh weekend of all time and then it you know it did like 240 million on its opening weekend i mean i like the fact i like the fact that it is r rated like the thing the thing i hated about the dark knight um was that that joker was so like, the shit that happened in that movie was so fucked up. Like, when he killed those people with the pencil in that meeting, I was like, this should be an art. This should not be PG-13. Like, this is only for adults. And the fact that that... that and I, I think I've said it on this podcast before. Like, it upsets me that that kind of violence uh, is okay for 13-year-olds. I don't think so. Like, it's, it's... That movie was fucked up. Well, I was watching a lot more fucked up shit I mean, my first memory of being a human being is watching Nightmare on Elm Street when I was like three or four. This says, setting a new hot... Oh, goddamn fucking ads popping up. Motherfucker. I hate the internet, dude. I was just about to read a riveting... Here we go. Setting a new high for the month of October, the Warner Brothers film ranked uh, raked in $96 million domestically, $151 million overseas for a global start of at least $247 million. Which that did quite a lot better than what I could... What I'd have imagined based on the trailer and then based on... The sort of have you seen like a lot of the controversy about it that people are afraid that it's uh, it's gonna trigger it's gonna trigger incels and all this shit. Oh, I don't know. I don't. I, I don't read any of that kind of shit. Really, I, I try to avoid all that. I will say this though: Todd Phillips, the the filmmaker, besides yeah. making The Hangover and Road Trip, which I like both of those movies has made nothing but pure shit since those two movies. Like, all of his movies suck. So I would be shocked if this movie's good. But, you know, let's watch it and see. Well, and it, I thought War Dogs was okay. Uh, but, but, but the, Oh, yeah, I've, I've heard War Dogs is pretty good, actually. It I is. I haven't seen it. But, yeah, you're right. Road Trip, Old School, Starsky and Hutch, Borat, Hangover, Due Date, Hangover 1 and 3. Oh, did he make three. Borat? I didn't realize he made Borat. He, I love Borat. He, he just wrote it. He wrote that. He didn't direct oh, and it. And I like Old School. It's okay. It didn't hold up. You know, those movies are very much of a time. And that's okay. You know, that's okay, too. I think part of what Scorsese was saying that's kind of getting lost in the fucking outrage, which, by the way, I want to talk a little bit more about that before we split, is that it's okay for it to not be quote-unquote cinema. Like, not every movie has to challenge you in a certain way or whatever. Like, 
I don't know. It's like it's like a, a chef saying that McDonald's isn't food. Like it'd be kind of hard to argue that you can eat it, but it's just a bunch of bullshit. Yeah, I'm. I totally agree with you. Like him saying that's not cinema is stupid. I, I, it's exactly like what you're saying. Yeah, it's McDonald's. It's Burger King, but Burger King and you and me know this for a fact. Nothing is as delicious as a fucking bag of fucking Mickey D's at about <laughs> fucking two thirty in the a.m. Well, God knows we've eaten our share of it. The old shame bag on the God way home. Damn it! It's so fucking good, dude. We know what's in the shame bag. We know what's in there. It's a quarter pounder <laughs> with cheese. It's yeah. uh, chicken McNuggets. It's a large fry. A six piece nug. Yeah. <laughs> We'll have the Diet Coke, though. What? The bo- the, the, we'll have a Diet Coke on top of all that because we're, we're trying to be responsible here. Dude, you got to watch the calories. You got to count those calories, man. I can't, have, I, can't eat, I can't drink 250 empty fucking calories. Yeah, I'll take a six-piece nug, double quarter pounder with cheese, and of course, we're going to supersize that fry, homie. <laughs> here, are the books people need to, here are the books people need to check out, though. They need to check out White by Brady and Ellis, and Douglas Murray just put out a book that I'm reading right now. It's incredible, called The Madness of Crowds. That's all about... Trigger culture and victim culture and these people that need to, are crying at your shows and you got to apologize to Sean fucking Mullins now. Uh, this book, if you're if you're insanely outraged by that, like Bob and I are, you need to read these two books because they'll be like a breath of fresh air. For you. Here's the thing: the lady who misunderstood what I said still didn't like the song when I told her what the exact words were. She's like, "Hey, I don't like that song." I'm like, "You got it wrong, bitch." I know. Well, that that's another oh hallmark of God. this of this shit. Is like you're like, no, no, um, you're wrong. You heard it wrong. Let me explain to you what it actually is. And then instead of her saying, "Oh, I heard it wrong. I'm sorry, my bad," she had to double down on it and still pitch a fit. And she still needed, she still needed you to, you know, repent. And so whatever I, I you know that that's the point of this book by Douglas Murray called The Madness of Crowns. It's actually really scary because he's basically talking about. What's the end game of culture being siphoned into this bottleneck of every of cancel culture outrage? Everyone's got a voice. Every concern is legitimate. He starts to talk about the serious cultural ramifications of that, and it's it's pretty bleak, man. It's pretty scary. I can't expound on all that right now or expound espouse, but it's it it's crazy. I know we're almost out of time, but I got to talk about one more thing. So I went to a Dallas Cowboys game, mm-hmm. Cowboys Packers yesterday mm-hmm. at AT&T Stadium. 100,000 people, dude. Uh, I've never been to anything more American in my life. Well, that's, that's the NFL dude, for you. I knew, like when I was in there, I was like, oh, this is what it was to be in the stadium with the gladiators. And I guarantee you, I guarantee you, that all those people that were in there, they were like, yeah, fucking let's see some torture. Let's throw some babies and let's watch lions eat the babies. Let's watch these motherfuckers kill each other and cut their heads off. That was most of the crowd. But I guarantee you, there were people like you and me that were in those fucking stands. Mortified. those gladiators. And we were horrified yeah, by totally. what was going on. But the fact of the matter is, we're... In the minority, dude. We are in the minority. Mm. Shit. And I mean, I love football. I watch football all day long. But the shit that was going on there. Oh my God, dude. Everybody wearing their jerseys. 
Yeah, it's it's sort of it was it's sort of so great, American. It's like well, it's like, even outside of that, it's like this a great sort of living picture of tribalism and like my team and you know like I I get scared in, in environments like that because I just feel like the civilization of that kind of event is just resting on a pin here. Like anything, something to disrupt the equilibrium of that kind of thing with a hundred thousand insane tribal people could get very Lord of the Flies really quick. At least that's how I feel, as unreasonable as that may seem. Dude, the Cowboys were behind by like 29 points. Like they were behind by like an insurmountable amount of points. And so I was getting some like chicken nuggets or something for like $80 for an order of chicken nuggets. It was like the most money I've ever paid for food in my life, including like the best restaurant I've ever been to. And there was lines of people, lines of fat people waiting to spend $10 for one Miller Lite. And so you had to cross through where these people were standing in line. And so I'm trying to go through where this this line was. And I'm like, excuse me. And I kind of go in between. And this guy's like, excuse you. And he was ready to fucking fist fight me because I said, excuse me. Right. And went through the line in front of him. And he was ready to fight. And if I'd have been a fighter, we'd have been fighting. Yeah. I'm not a fighter. I just like, I just felt real bad and kept moving. <laughs> I mean, I felt horrible. Well, his aggro. I was the coward of the motherfucking county. I don't know. And you, all I could think smart. about for the next 30 minutes was like all the shit I should have done. I yeah. should have fucking just, because he had a, he had a, a, you know, one of those trays full of food and shit. I should have just went blip and plopped. I mean, I just thought about it over and over, but I just plopped that in his face or just punched him in his face. I just, I was so angry and so ashamed and so scared. Wow. All of it together. Wow. <laughs> and, and my hearing's fucked up. Yeah. Like it's fucked up and I'm listening to this on a on a AM radio and I'm looking up at the screen and every time it's a third down there's these crazy cowboy guys getting on the thing going make it loud make it loud and then they're showing the DB meter going above 100 and then I'm just watching my hearing going and then I'm going oh I guess I'm going to die soon real soon. I mean it's Guess it, how good I felt at that game. Well, do you really want me to guess? Pretty pretty not good. 100% not good. <laughs> the opposite of that DB meter. <laughs> Holy shit, that sounds like a fucking nightmare. Well, we're, we here at I'm Okay, You're Okay, We're Not Okay, You're Not Okay headquarters are going to leave you on that bleak note. You can write in bobandclint at gmail.com. We'll, we didn't read any emails this time, but we've got a whole backlog. I'm sure we'll be back next week reading some emails. And uh, we appreciate all of you who listen. Leave us a positive review. Check out my Metallica podcast. Check out Bob's Song Club. And we're going to get the hell out of here, folks. All right. Peace. Peace. <laughs>